Amen. Well, it'd be my joy if you would join me in Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, where we will be hearing maybe a familiar story, but I I pray that it's not a, a distant story for us today, that it's a story that we enter into together, that we see ourselves here together this morning. Luke chapter 17 says this, On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his feet, at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray together. Lord, we ask in desperation, Lord, that you would speak to us through your word. Lord, we ask that by the power of your spirit that you would draw us in, that you would bring us into this story, that we might see ourselves not on the outside looking at someone who is desperate and helpless and needy and begging for grace, but Lord, that we would see ourselves as the spiritual lepers, as lepers who are in desperate need of cleansing. So Lord, I pray this morning for every sinner who does not know Jesus, who does not know the power and the compassion and the grace of Jesus. Lord, I ask that you would save them, that you would cleanse them. And Lord, I pray that for every saint, for every saint who's been washed by the blood of Jesus, that, Lord, you would remind them today that they are clean, that they are forgiven in Jesus. Lord, would you do this for your great glory and for our joy, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, imagine what it would be like to win the lottery. Imagine what it would be like to play in the NBA. Imagine what it'd be like to go, if you were able to go on vacation to any place in the world, any place of your choosing. You can pick it. You can go to Fiji. Imagine that. Imagine what it would be like to blank. We play these games all the time. Maybe you play this game with your kids. We do this around our dinner table where you say, imagine you could be anything when you grow up. What would you B, imagine you could visit anywhere. Where would you go? May we play this game with our kids. We play this game with our friends. Have you ever noticed, though, that when we imagine together, that we're always imagining something good, something great, 
something that we really want, something that we might dream about. We don't typically imagine something sad. We don't typically imagine something we would never want, something that we were scared about. But this morning, I want us to imagine that we are in this story. I want you to imagine that you are a leper. I want you to enter into the feeling of of being a leper. And what I mean is the feeling of being unwanted. The, The feeling of being outside, of being unclean. The feeling of being helpless with nothing that you can do but cry out. Because it's only when we sense the depths of our desperation, when we experience the the cleansing and the saving power of Jesus that our hearts will ever overflow with rejoicing, with thanksgiving. And so I've been praying this morning, I've been praying this week that, that the Lord would help us feel this, sense this. this. This wouldn't be a story that we've heard about and forgotten about, but we would see ourselves as spiritual lepers, as desperate, as needy, as helpless, desperately needing Jesus. So the first thing I want us to do this morning is imagine the feeling. Imagine the feeling of being a leper. Luke captures this for us in our story as the ten lepers, these men, these people with skin diseases, they're they're standing at a distance. They're lifting up their voices, shouting for mercy because they weren't allowed to come close. If, If you knew anything about leprosy, see, people who had leprosy had to stay outside of the city outside of the camp. They had to stay far, far away. And if anybody came close, they had to cry out, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, don't get near me. They bore the marks of their shame on their bodies, full of scabs and sores and and boils. you could see it. It would be noticeable. Every, every morning, imagine this, as they, as they looked down, they had daily reminders. They were unclean. They were unwanted. And honestly, the mental and emotional shame was greater than the physical pain. Imagine a life where you were always on the outside. Imagine always feeling dirty and unclean, feeling worthless. Imagine waking up in the morning and from the first second, the the first wave of feelings that came over you is that I'm inferior. I'm rejected. I'm I'm not wanted. Put put yourself this morning in the shoes of the leper and, and imagine that you have nothing. You can't help yourself. For some of us, this is not 
hard to do. Maybe, maybe you don't stand outside of the city, but a lot of times you feel outside of community. Even in a, a room like this filled with people, filled with singing on a Sunday morning, you feel outside. You feel like you don't belong. This, the word for this is shame. We feel unwanted and rejected because of maybe your past or you feel unclean because of some sin, defiled because of some sin. And and sure, you might not have boils and scabs covering over your bodies, but you're you're marked. For some, it might be an impulsive decision in your past. Words that you said, something that you had done. For some, maybe it's past sexual sin, a relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend that went too far. For some, it's your history of addiction. Maybe your history of deception. Maybe it's the sense of not being enough, of being worthless. Only you right now in this moment, only revealed by the Holy Spirit, knows why you feel shame. Know what marks you. For some, it's your hidden life that, that you don't think anyone knows that you always feel exposed. I know my life in high school and college, all throughout high school and college, I was addicted to pornography. And there wasn't a shower in the world that could wash away the shame that I felt. There wasn't a a refresh button on my computer big enough to delete my shameful history that I would not want no one to see. And and yes, in college, I might have been leading Bible studies. I might have been leading music in chapel, singing about the holiness of God and the grace of God. And, And I thought my life was hidden to everybody, but the whole time, I felt exposed. I felt the shame. Now, there's no disease or no illness that you could have that should make you feel this way. Like leprosy or or any sickness that you could have that should make you feel the shame. But there is a sense that sin, sin makes us feel this way. That it's good and right to feel the desperation of our sin that needs to be cleansed. Sin that's defiling, that defiles our heart. That you you desperately need to be cleansed from the inside out. You need your shame to be covered. Your sin to be cleansed. You need to be welcomed back, received back. And only Jesus can do that. And so... This morning, if you feel what a leper feels, if you feel this sense of desperation, this this sense of urgency, the only thing left to do is to cry out, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me, just like these lepers. Imagine 
the feeling of leprosy. Second, I want us to imagine the healing, the healing that comes only through Jesus. It's clear that these lepers, maybe they never met Jesus or heard Jesus, but I'm sure that they had heard about Jesus, how he had dined with sinners and saints, how he healed the the blind, the lost, and the lame, and, and now he is in our midst. And so they cry out, Lord, have mercy out on us. When these 10 lepers sense that their desperation and they see Jesus coming, they cry out to the only one who has the power to save, the, the only one who has the compassion to save. They say, Lord, the, the, the one, the God who reigns over all, Lord, Master, the one who has the authority over all sickness and all sin and all shame, have mercy on us. Listen, there, there's nowhere else, brothers and sisters, that you can turn to. There's nothing else, that there's no one else you can cry out to in your life. Someone else cannot deliver you from your sin and your shame. Nothing else in your life can cleanse you. No matter how hard you try, it's only Jesus. It's only Jesus. There's a lot of things, though, that we do to cover up our shame. And a lot of times we do them without even realizing. We say, like, I'm going to make a bunch of new habits, some, some atomic habits, and my life's going to look different, and it's going to be better. Or I'm going to start working out, and that'll make me a different person. I'm going to binge watch Netflix. That'll cover over this feeling. Or, or a new relationship, maybe a new, more pure relationship. We'll do better this time. Or maybe I'll just sleep longer. Or, or maybe I'll just start going to church. Or maybe I'll do better. Listen, your only hope this morning, your only hope this morning is to cry out, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. And that's the place that God wants to take us this morning. That's where the Spirit wants to take us, this place where we have nothing in our hands to bring. And all we can do is receive grace. We have nothing, and all we have is to receive his healing grace. Look what Jesus does in this pa passage. Full of power to cleanse the vilest of sin. Full of compassion for the most forgotten ones. Notice he doesn't touch the leper like he does in Matthew 8 and Mark 1. You know, the man that cries out, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus reaches out and touches him and says, I will be clean. But here instead, Jesus, listen to what Jesus does. Jesus says, go and show yourselves to the priest. Listen, 
Go and show yourselves to the priest. See, in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, it states that only the priest is the one that can declare you clean. If you have leprosy, if you are unclean, it's only the priest that can say that you are now new, that you've been made clean, that you are pure, that you can enter in again to community. So Jesus is is telling these lepers, walk by faith, not by sight. Believe the words that I'm saying. Trust me. Act the miracle. Walk to the priest to believe that that Jesus alone can do what Jesus alone can do. And so if Jesus says, go to the priest, I believe him. Is that what your heart is telling you right now in this moment? If, If Jesus says, go to the priest, I believe him. And the Bible says, as they went. Their scabs start to disappear. Their boils are gone. Their sores are healed. They're they're no longer marked by the leprosy that had become their identity. Instead, they're marked by Jesus. They're no longer marked by the leprosy that was their identity. Instead, they're marked by Jesus. This is what the the healing power, the cleansing power, the set-freeing power of Jesus can do for anybody in here right now. This is what he can do for you. So, So let me ask you this morning, what marks you? What comes to to your mind, what comes to other people's mind when they hear your name? What if your life was no longer marked by addiction, but it was clear that it was marked by Jesus? What if your life was no longer marked by selfishness, but it was clear that right now your life is marked by Jesus more? What if your life was no longer marked by pride or or by discontentment or by self-absorption or or by self-pity or by anger, but, but now your life was clearly marked and touched and cleansed by Jesus? What if it was your sin that no longer marked you most, that defined you, but it was Jesus? Jesus can do this for you this morning. Jesus can do this for anyone in here this morning. He can cover all your shame. He can cancel all your sin, cleanse you through and through. He can overwhelm your feelings of worthlessness. He can overcome your sense of rejection. He can make you new in Christ. But look, the the glorious good news of the gospel is that Jesus doesn't do this this morning by, by, by saying, go and show yourself to the priest. 
He doesn't do this today by saying, hey, go your, and show yourself to the church and show them that you're trying really hard now, and that'll do it. Jesus doesn't say, if you go and, and you try really hard and you do better, if, if you're good, this will fix it. If you can perform well, if you can impress me more, this will take care of it. Now, Jesus, knowing your shame, he doesn't say go. No, Jesus enters in. No, Jesus came and he enters into your shame. The glorious good news of the gospel is that Jesus became a leper so you could become a son like him. At the cross, Jesus was taken outside of the city so you could come close. He was rejected so you could now be accepted. He, he was treated as worthless so that you could be welcomed in. You, G Jesus, bore all your shame. Think about this. Jesus bore all your shame. If there was ever a sense of being exposed, of being naked, be being exposed for all to see, it was Jesus hanging on the cross naked and exposed for you, for your shame, so you could be covered completely in the righteousness of Christ. Jesus was treated as unclean. He, he shed his precious blood so you could be clean, guiltless, shameless forever. Can you imagine the feeling of that leper on that day? Can you imagine the freedom that had never been felt before on, these, on that day? with these lepers, for the first time, you, you would feel like I belong. For the first time, I, I can now come close. For the first time, you can be unashamed. You, you no longer have to run and hide anymore. You no longer need to be standing at a distance, shouting from far away. You can come close to Jesus now. This is true for you. Listen, this morning, no matter your greatest sin, no matter the vilest sin, no matter how dirty you feel, how unclean you feel, you can draw close to Jesus right now. To be known, to be embraced, to, to hear his gentle, his loving, his affirming whisper saying, you are mine. You are loved. You are clean. Oh, if your heart and my heart could feel the truth of Jesus saying, you are clean. There are a lot of shows right now on TV, on Hulu and Netflix about Jeffrey Dahmer these days. If you're not familiar with Jeffrey Dahmer, he's probably one of the most gruesome serial killers from Wisconsin, from anywhere. 
But did you know that there was a pastor who met with Jeffrey Dahmer every week and who says that Jeffrey Dahmer repented and believed in Jesus? Jeffrey Dahmer even said that himself on an interview on national TV. Well, one of the church members, a friend of this pastor, came up to him one time and he said, if Jeffrey Dahmer is going to heaven, then I don't want to be there. If Jeffrey Dahmer's going to heaven, then I don't want to be there. Listen, if, if you think there's such thing as a sinner worthy of grace and a sinner not worthy of grace, you don't understand grace. Grace is always a gift for the undeserving, and that includes you. That includes me. If heaven is not big enough for Jeffrey Dahmer, heaven's not big enough for any of us. Because we are all sinners deserving hell, but sinners who God lavishes his grace upon. The good news of God's grace is that Jesus can say to the vilest of sinners, you are clean. Jesus can make the most notorious serial killer a son of God. The question is, does your heart believe that today? Or does your heart believe that you're somehow deserving when someone else isn't? Does your heart believe that it's only, only by grace? See, this is the, the freedom and the joy and the healing that's found only in the gospel. The gospel is the good news that you, the greatest sinner, can come close because you've been made clean in Jesus. Your sins have been washed away by his blood and you are covered now in the righteousness of Christ. If you are in Jesus, you can be fully known fully embraced, fully loved, fully accepted, fully welcomed, all because of Jesus. And this is the joy, the, the, the experience that's found in a gospel-shaped community. A gospel-shaped community a community shaped not by what we're doing, not by what we accomplish, not by us being good religious people, but, but a gospel community that's only marked by grace, by what we've received in Jesus. Where you can come to a church where, where maybe you used to feel like you had to stand at a distance, but now because of grace, you can come close where you used to feel like you had to run and hide yourself, now you can be known and loved. What a joy when the gospel sets us free where you don't have to hide anymore. But you've been invited to feel at home. This is what it feels like to be healed, to be cleansed from all your sin of all by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. 
only by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Imagine the feeling of being healed today, cleansed today. If if you've never repented of your sins and trusted Jesus, no matter your sin, it can be forgiven. No matter your shame, it can be covered because Jesus welcomes you to himself. Finally, I want us to imagine the rejoicing. After experiencing the freedom of being healed of your leprosy, what do you do next? What do you do the next day? What do you do the next moment? Would you just move on and forget this ever happened? Could you forget it ever happened? I mean, would you simply move on and go back to work or go visit your family you haven't seen in forever? Or would you go play something you haven't got to play? Go eat in a restaurant hadn't been there in forever? What would you do? How would you? My question is, how could you forget what just happened? How could you forget who you once were? But more importantly, how could you forget the one who did this for you? Would you not turn back? Would you not run back and pour out your praise? Your voice that was once shouting for mercy, now shouting praise to your God. Would you not now fall on your face because of the grace that you've experienced? Would you not overflow with thanksgiving because this, the cleansing, the healing power you could never deserve, you've now received? You know, the most startling verse in this whole passage, maybe the most shocking phrase is this. Look at verse 15. Then one of them, then one of them, one of the ten, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Only one of them turned back. Only one of them praised God. Only one of them fell at the feet of Jesus, giving thanks to Jesus. And Jesus says this. Surprisingly, Jesus says this. We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Jesus had given the same healing to all ten lepers. Cleansing, purifying to all ten lepers. Leopards. And Jesus is worthy of all the praise of all the lepers. Jesus is worthy of overflowing, overflowing thanksgiving of all the ten. Just like we sang earlier, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy, worthy, worthy to receive praise from every single one clear. Yet only one turned back. And what I want us to be, what I want to say to you this morning is, be the one. If no one else brings the Lord praise, be the one. If no one else falls down at his feet, 
be the one. If, if no one else is overflowing because they've been purified, they've been made clean to say, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. But could I, I could never do this for myself. I had nothing in my hands to bring, but yet, Lord, I'm clean because of you. Be the one. Do you know that this is the only time in the New Testament? The only time in the New Testament where this word for giving thanks is used for Jesus. Like all other 37 times in the New Testament, it talks about giving thanks to God our Father. But here, the leper falls down before Jesus and gives thanks to Jesus because it was only by the power of and the compassion of Jesus that he was made new. Let me ask you this morning, when's the last time you turned back to tell Jesus thank you? Like really think about that. When's the last time that you turned back to Jesus to, think, to say thank you? When's the last time it hit you that, that Jesus was not, was not worthy that Jesus was not the one who deserved God's wrath, but you deserve God's wrath. When's the last time you realized that Jesus didn't have to die for sinners, but, but you deserved punishment? You deserve judgment. Some of us forget that we some of us, we've been Christians so long, we forget that we were sinners. We forget that we were unclean. That we were dirty and desperate. That we were needy of Jesus. You know, the clearest sign of taking grace for granted is a lack of thanksgiving. Is that not true in our lives? The clearest sign of taking grace for granted is a lack of thanksgiving in our lives and in our hearts and on our lips. You know you take grace for granted when you never turn back to Jesus. You know you take grace for granted when you never fall on your face undone by grace. When you keep on doing what you're doing, keep on working, keep on watching your shows, keep on making your meals, keep on doing life, which, and never stop to say, thank you, Jesus. Listen, the reason Jesus brought you healing was not for your healing, but for your rejoicing. That's so important to realize. That the reason that Jesus brought you healing was not for your healing, but for your rejoicing. The, net, the end goal was never that you'd be set free. The end goal was that you would be set free to praise Jesus, to rejoice in Jesus, to fall at the feet of Jesus, to be overwhelmed with thanksgiving because of what Jesus had done for you. So you could give him the praise that he alone is due for cleansing you of your sin. Listen, we cry out to Jesus, not so we can be healed. We cry out to Jesus so we can have Jesus. 
We cry out to Jesus so that we get Jesus. Listen, if if you come to Jesus only to be healed and to be cleansed and you forget Jesus, you've missed it. If you come to Jesus just so you can go to heaven, just so you can be forgiven, but you forget about Jesus, you've missed the point. Don't miss the goal of your salvation. Don't miss the end of your healing, the the purpose for which you were cleansed of your sin. It's not for you to be clean. It's not just for you to be covered, just for you to be healed, for you to be new, for you to be received, for you to be welcomed, for you to be loved, even though all those are incredible gifts which we say thank you. But the aim, the goal, the end is that you get all of Jesus and Jesus gets all the praise. That's the goal of your salvation. That you get all of Jesus and Jesus gets all the praise. Listen, you were not given Jesus so you could be saved. You were saved so you could get Jesus. He's the goal. He's the aim. He gets the praise. Brothers and sisters, let's not forget to turn back. And not just on that first day. Let's let's not forget to turn back again and again and again. Day after day after day. Moment after moment. Turn back to give him praise Find time to fall on your face to say thank you for saving me, a sinner saved by grace. Thank you for cleansing me, for loving me. Thank you for giving me yourself. Maybe this morning you see yourself as the least likely to be saved. Maybe your shame right now in this moment is is so heavy Your guilt is so weighty that that you couldn't imagine being a son or daughter or or clean or new. Those, Those words seem so far away from you. But notice what Jesus says in verse 18. He says this, Was no one found to return and give praise except this foreigner? This tells me that all the other lepers were Jews. Like all the other lepers were part of the people of God. That means every other leper should have known that they should come back and give thanks to the one who had cleansed them. Yet it was only the Samaritan, the least likely to be saved, the least likely to turn back. He's the one who did it. So maybe this morning you see yourself as the least likely to be saved, the least likely to rejoice, the least likely to turn back. Maybe even in your shame you think that everybody else in here sees you as the least likely to come to Jesus. 
the least likely to be cleansed from your sin, the least, the, the furthest gone. What if this morning, for the glory of God, the, the least likely among us to be saved was the one that gives Jesus the loudest praise? Wouldn't it be incredible? Wouldn't we all rejoice this morning if the least likely to be clean could leave here this morning pure and holy and spotless in Jesus? No longer crying out, Lord, have mercy on me, but instead saying, Lord, thank you for saving me. This is the goal of your healing. It's not for your healing. It's for your praising and rejoicing and thanksgiving in Jesus, for the glory of Jesus. You know, there was a, a lady once who was about to get married. She's about to get married, and she was overwhelmed with this sense of shame. She came to her pastor who was doing her marriage counseling, and she said, Pastor, I've never told my fiancé that when I was younger, when I was in college, that, that I had an abortion. And the pastor just said to her, hey, have you ever sat down to confess this sin to the Lord? Have you ever had anyone sit with you and lead you through a time of confession? She said she hadn't, and so they made their way into the sanctuary where he led her through this time of confession, and she rose from that moment, and she said, I, I feel forgiven. I feel free. I feel like my shame is completely gone. And then she asked this question of the pastor. She said, but what do I tell him now about the abortion? And the pastor said, what abortion? What abortion? I believe in a, a gospel this morning that can cover any shame felt in this room. I believe with all my heart in a gospel that can cleanse any sinner from their sin this morning. I believe in a, in a Savior who has covered my shame, who gives grace that's greater than all my sin. I believe in a heaven that's big enough for, for spiritual lepers and the greatest serial killers. I believe in grace that's big enough for you and me. And what I want you to hear this morning is this is not something you have to imagine. But we have a Savior waiting for us. A Savior waiting for you. That longs to say to you, you are mine. You are loved. And you are forever clean. Let's pray together. Father, we ask that in this moment that you would do what only you can do by the power of your sin. That you would, by the power of your spirit, that you would set free the greatest sinner, Lord, whoever's feeling the guilt of their sin, that your cleansing power will set them free from their sin, even in this moment. That those who are 
being filled with a sense of shame, with, of, of guilt, Lord, that you would cover over their shame because of Jesus. Lord, even the, the vilest, oh, Lord, can be made clean because of the blood of Jesus and covered in the righteousness of Christ. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us sense the desperation, the desperation of sin that so deeply defiles us. And and that, Lord, that we would experience the cleansing, the healing power, the purifying power and grace of Jesus in this moment. And that, Lord, we would rise up and give you praise for you alone can do this that we would fall on our face in awe of your grace, that we would be overwhelmed in thanksgiving, Lord, because we could never save ourselves. We had nothing in our hands to bring, but, Lord, it's only by the grace of Jesus. Lord, would you speak to our hearts Lord, would you save sinners? Lord, would you comfort saints who feel shame and guilt? Lord, when you said that they're clean, they're forgiven, they're new. That, Lord, they would no longer wallow in their sin and shame, but, Lord, they would hear you say that they're guiltless. They're clean. They should be shameless. They are forgiven. Lord, would you do this for the glory of your name? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.